This is GradCast. All the do's and don'ts of being a grad. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm Krishna. In this episode of GradCast, getting extra curricular. The skills from everywhere but the office that can help you in the office. What grads can learn from volunteering. It's about yeah, putting putting your head up and saying yes to things, even if you don't really know what it what it's about. You do drop some balls. Um, yeah, I guess it's like identifying which things to prioritise and knowing that it is a process, and you will get better at it. And work and play do mix. Lessons for the workplace from the wide world of sport. You got your team. You, you got a team that's ready to go to work, and it's yep. all about we. It's about the organisation. It's about your role you're playing. You gotta, you gotta be happy with it. Produced on Nunawal land in Canberra, this is Gradcast, brought to you by CSC. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Gradcast. It's great to have you joining us. My name is Callum, and I'm joined here by my co-host Krishna. Krishna, how are you? I am very well. How are you going, Callum? Yeah, good. Thanks, Krishna. It's been an exciting time in the Australian government, as always. An election has been called. We've just entered in the public service what's called the caretaker period. So there's lots of changes that are happening. I'm sure for a lot of our grads, they're experiencing uh, perhaps some changes in what they're doing day to day. Has How have you been affected by the new changes that are happening, Krishna? Yeah, absolutely. I think all public servants are starting to get into one of the busiest periods of the year with the election being called. And I think the perfect indication and the marking to start the elections was definitely the cannons being fired off in Canberra, which I'm sure the nation has seen uh, during their 9am morning news. But yeah, look, it's been a very busy time for me as well, because not only have I um, completed my grad program, but I've completed um, almost one and a half years at my current department. And to mark that, I've actually decided to transfer into a different department to give that a go. And it's just been really exciting to just, um, you know, carry forward all these unique skills that I've acquired and picked up during my time in the public service. And it's really interesting to see how transferable they are and how you can apply those skills pretty much anywhere you go. So it's been um, a very pleasant experience for me. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. In this episode, as you mentioned, we are going to be talking about transferable skills And Krishna, you sat down for an interview with two very exciting guests who had a lot to say and offer to think about transferable skills. Absolutely. Our guests today are Heishan Inamalua and Cynthia Fang. Now, Heishan, before we go ahead any further, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes. Heishan was the project lead for the Graduate um, Data Network's 2022 Annual Data Forum and currently he's working as a Graduate Officer at the Parliamentary Budget Office in the Parliament of Australia. Heishan has also completed a graduate program at the Department of Veterans Affairs and apart from his work, he's very busy uh, with all of his extracurricular experience in the not-for-profit organisations with multiple different university clubs and chapters. And our second guest in the studio with us today is Cynthia Fang. Cynthia is the co-chair for the 2022 Graduate Data Network. She is currently working as a data analyst at the Department of Health, where she did her graduate program in 2021. Cynthia also has an extensive extracurricular career working with 
both not-for-profits and university clubs and chapters. So today we will be talking to our two awesome guests about some transferable skills, learnings beyond the workplace. Both of you are very full on. Um, You obviously have a very good um, command over work-life balance with all of your grad programs and now your full-time work and also obviously all the extracurricular work you do. So um, what are some of your um, most memorable experiences from your extracurricular um, activities that you've done so far? Do we want to, can we start with Heishan? So I guess uh, the one that really stands out, stands out is the graduate data network experience, mostly because of the amount of work that went into it. Uh, so we started the working group uh, back in last June, um, and then we worked on it till about December. And then since December, we sort of pulled the whole thing together, and then we put up, pull off the event in uh, March last yeah, last March. So it's, it's just the amount of work that went into it and then the, the amount of stuff that I was able to achieve through the, the, the working group and then working with senior executives and the leadership skills that I've grown and the soft skills that I've developed. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a culmination of all of those um, that makes that experience stands out. Yeah, I'm going to cast my mind back to um, the summer of 2019-2020, if we can remember pre-pandemic times. Um, I did an internship um, with Life Without Barriers, um, and they're a not-for-profit based in Newcastle. It was really memorable to me because I I lived a very Sydney-centric life, and it really broadened my horizon in terms of, I guess, not simply working in industry and, like, working in a for-profit and for-purpose organisation. It also, like, showed me, like... Um, what can happen when you kind of take risks and like go beyond your comfort zone because I did a psychology degree and it was an IT internship. So that really um, showed me that I had more transferable skills than I gave myself credit for. You know, a lot of grads um, or even uni students when they're starting out in a new environment are often um, unsure of how to sort of um, identify good opportunities that will um, add to their skill set and how they can um, go about exploiting these or who can they reach out to. So what are some tips on actually identifying good opportunities um, that you can invest your time and energy and how do you go about finding them? I guess I would divided into structured and non-structured opportunities. Um, So when I was in university, um, UCID did provide a lot of structured opportunities, such as through its career hub, where they had career mentors and they ran career programs where you were immersed in workplaces, for example. Um, I think one of our faculties, the arts and social sciences faculties, also had a specific career ready program. Um, So I guess um, going out of your way to seize those opportunities at university can help with structured um, opportunities. Um, in terms of non-structured opportunities, I found the O weeks and just talking to people and meeting people in tutes and asking them what they were doing and just getting to know people around you was very helpful in um, doing things that are not um, directly career related but still yield a lot of transferable skills. Being a bit more resourceful is something that helps for me. Um, so simply like even just like Googling uh, anything that interests you and then looking up if it is a university, look up the university career, career websites or like different student clubs websites and then see what opportunities are out there. Like personally, that's how I go about finding things, just being a bit more resourceful. 
on the topic of having to actually go out and Google things, look up things, and whether an opportunity is um, formal or informal, it does take a fair bit of um, time and energy to actually set apart that time to go out and find things um, that you're passionate about and that align with your sort of personal values and aspirations in life. So can you give us some tips, and maybe we'll start with you, Heishan, this time, on how do you um, manage um, your work-life balance? Yeah, I guess personally for me, um, this really comes down to doing stuff that you are really passionate about and you have a really good interest in. So it comes down to, for me, the purpose and the why and the motivation because if, if you are doing something that you are really interested in, passionate about and you have a really good motivation behind it, then I don't think balancing things are that difficult like for example if if you were working from nine to five and then you have a meeting for i don't know say for gd and no for snog from five to six and for something else from six to seven but you are doing that because you are really interested in and uh, you are really passionate about it spending those extra couple of hours and managing those isn't going to be that difficult I think just because you are really interested in it it's just it's just something fun for you like that's how I see it I don't see them as just being like work like I see them as something that I do for I guess for fun Um, uh, like if you are doing it for like say to like uh, build your resume or or just to like I don't know impress your friends or something I, I, I don't know whether you can go that far and like balancing them would be really difficult just because you don't really have a good motivation behind it. And did you want to add anything to that, Cynthia? Being clear about your values, as Hishan was saying there, um, I would also say that for me, it's a work in progress and sometimes the balls, like you do drop some balls. Um, Yeah, I guess it's like identifying which things to prioritise and knowing that it is a process and you will get better at it. For all of our listeners, Heishan did um, use an acronym that we used in our very first episode, which was SNOG. So Heishan, do you want to expand on SNOG again and maybe give them a quick plug since you've been associated with them as well? Uh, sure. So SNOG is for Social Network of Graduates. It's like a professional and social organisation uh, from graduates for graduates in Canberra. Um, so they organize a bunch of events, social social events for graduates, just because like we as graduates come from various different states and we don't really have like a big network and a uh, big group of friends in Canberra. So we are all sort of in the same boat when you first come to Canberra. So having Snog really helps you to build that network and uh, build those friendships and go to events and socialize. And yeah, like they have events like a graduate ball, annual graduate ball. They have ski trips, hiking trips, and your uh, standard Friday night drinks and stuff like that. I was the secretary last year for Snog, and I had a great time. So if if you if you are interested in making friends, definitely get involved with uh, Snog. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I haven't been on a ski trip, but I've definitely been to the Friday night drinks and they were um, really enjoyable. So I do um, vouch for that. Um, On the topic of also talking about um, doing things that actually make you happy. And so I guess they don't feel like work if they also align with your values, which is something that Cynthia touched on. Um, Do you guys find that there is any overlap in some of the voluntary work you've done and then how you apply those um, skills or any experiences that roll over 
um, to your life uh, during your time as graduates? And if so, can you maybe give us an example of one or two skills that you picked up during your time volunteering that you actually used during your time as a graduate? So I guess the most recent one would be, again, going back to the graduate data network experience because it has a direct connection to my graduate work, I suppose. Um, one thing or oh, some of the things that I did pick up from the graduate data network was um, working directly with senior executives. Like, for example, the, the project advisor for that one, the, the project was the National Data Commissioner. Um, and she's someone who has 20, 30 years of experience in the public service. But I, as a graduate, was able to influence her and even give advice to her and pretty much just, like, change her decisions based on my advice. And that's not something you get to do as a graduate um, regularly. So I was able to translate that into my work. Uh, life as well by when, whenever I interact with the senior executive I, I had that experience of um, directly communicating and liaising with senior executives and then uh, being able, able to effectively communicate with them and then influence their decisions as well uh, as a graduate I thought that was such a such a great I guess skill and opportunity as well. I think one of the skills that I did pick up from the range of extracurricular activities was kind of echoing Hashan, like tailoring the way that you communicate because when you're in various like types of environments you kind of get a feel for what people like respond better to and what they need from you um, and I think that's a skill that definitely applies to my current role. Um, I guess other things that I picked up can just be applied technical skills that I never really learned in my very theoretical degree even just learning how to use excel for work related purposes um, those are skills that I picked up these sorts of skills soft skills I guess you can you can say are very important how you um, nav- especially because they help you navigate your way through the public service but um, I guess both of you are very switched on so at the end of it if you want to pick up these skills you need to be super switched on and reach out for those opportunities and uh, put your heart and soul into it is what I'm taking away after talking to you guys last month Heishan you concluded the annual forum for the grad data network which took um, months of planning so what was your one key learning from that experience experience? I think, yeah, for this one, it's just about putting your um, hand up hand up to things that you are not really sure of, and maybe it may be out of your comfort zone, but just that ability to say yes to things and putting your hand up to things that, yeah, you're, you may not be really, like, comfortable with or sure of, um, just because, for example, like I did not really have like a massive data background. I haven't like I always had an interest in data, but I haven't really like done anything with data. But whenever I mentioned to my colleagues or friends about you know joining Graduate Data Network, they are not quite sure. Just because, again, like they haven't really done anything with data, so they just don't know whether they should join. But when you actually just dig deep a bit and look into it a bit further you realize that, like, at least for me, it was more about leadership skills and coordination and uh, stuff like that rather than the actual data work, uh, for me at least. So there are other avenues uh, you can actually do stuff in, even though if you don't really have, like, a, uh, I guess, specific background to that thing that you are working on. So I guess, yeah, um, it's just about... Even if you don't really have like the full picture of 
uh, the the thing that you're gonna work on, I think it's about yeah putting putting your head up and saying yes to things even if you don't really know what it what it's about. And just giving it a go, I guess. I think that's one of the biggest qualities I've picked up from your, you just love giving everything a go and then we'll see how things fall into place, which is a really good attitude to have, I think, especially starting out as a grad. Um, and last question for you, Cynthia. You started as the co-chair for the Graduate Data Network in March 2022. So how has it been so far behind the scenes and how can graduates get involved, which is, I guess, the perfect segue from what Heshan was saying about people not entirely knowing what the network is about. I started around a month ago in like March and it has been great. And as I was saying before, um, people have been really supportive and it's a real genuine um, collaborative effort. Um, it has been difficult in that um, my grocery and I are ambitious for the network and it's we're kind of like kids in a candy store at the moment trying to really finalise um, and really give graduates the most value so we like it's lovely hearing Hashan talk about that because I think the graduate data network is a volunteering experience it's um it's a place where people can give things a go and it's not directly related to your job and it is what you make of it so we really want to preserve that experience for graduates and enhance it we are hoping to open up more opportunities this year for ad hoc involvement so um just email me and lee we might run some events that you can sign up to even if you're not part of a working group and as always just sign up to our mailing list for to hear about those opportunities too Thanks for coming into the studio today, Cynthia and Heshad, and for meeting me for a chat. Um, I really enjoy talking to you guys, and it's actually really inspiring to see grads a year on from when they started off, because all of them end up doing really incredible things like you guys are doing. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Wow, I just finished talking to Heshan and Cynthia and what a bunch of switched on, enthusiastic and passionate people. I had such a great time talking to them, took away so much from their experiences, grads, and just overall feeling really inspired by how committed they they are to finding their purpose and their passion. What did you think about that, Callum? Yeah, I also really enjoyed listening in on that interview. I think uh, the work that Heshan was talking about that he's been doing with the Graduate Data Network, uh, I was there as a participant. It really paid off. Amazing that that was like 10 months of, of preparation and all the skills that he was able to pick up along the way. Um, yeah, I guess as part of being a grad, but also doing this extracurricular activity, picking up these transferable skills. Um, so really exciting that he was able to do that and it went so well and exciting for Cynthia to be able to uh, just be starting on that journey and hopefully uh, best of luck for her for the next year's Graduate Data Network. Hopefully that goes really well as well. APS graduates can be part of networks led and managed by other graduates like the Grad Data Network. Find out more on the PMNC website. And then there's SNOG, the social network of graduates. Find out more about them on Facebook at Snog Canberra. This is Gradcast. For grads, by grads. Supported by the Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation, CSC. Well, there is more than one way to develop transferable skills. Uh, and I have sat down with legendary NBL player and coach Cal Bruton uh, and talked about his experiences and what he learned on the basketball court and the ways that he's been able to 
develop these skills and apply them to his own career. And actually, I found it really insightful thinking about how uh, the skills and ideas that he was talking about can be transferred to a lot of different areas, particularly thinking about uh, in, in the graduate world or in the Australian public service as well. Uh, so I found this a really insightful and really exciting interview. I was a player coach, and yep. it gives you a bit of extra responsibility, obviously. When the opposition team feels they can cut the head of the snake off and then they can control the game. So sure. I always tried to be a step ahead. Mm. Um, you know, the five Ps was my man- mantra. Uh, prior preparation prevents poor performance. So, okay. so I really Intro. worked hard at preparing myself to be the best possible player I can be. And when I stepped on the court because I was the coach, I can call plays the way I felt we could succeed at. And, and a lot of the times I call my own plays <laughs> and I tried to create opportunities for my teammates uh, to be successful as well. And therefore, we, uh, we had some winning seasons uh, uh, playing for a player coach for Geelong, I was a playing coach for the Perth Wildcats. I was a playing coach for the Hobart Devils. But being a playing general manager was unique in the sense that I can, I was able to pick the players that I want, handpick them. And, um, and then I was able to go out and put my suit on and, and go get support sponsorships and things like that for them and, and be the voice for the team around the state of Western Australia. So all those things helped me grow as a person and give me a different set of skills to, to use that whatever point I needed them. What might be some similarities and then also some differences between uh, the skills that you would be, uh, focus on building in a sports team compared to maybe uh, skills that people might need in, in corporate or in leadership or government or that sort of thing? You know what? Uh, I would like to think, Callum, that there's not a whole lot of difference. Mm. You know, um, there's transferable skills. You know, yep. you, you have to build that within yourself, uh, I call it your your spines. You mm-hmm. know, you got to, like you have your spine and your back, how important that is to you. If yeah. if you crack your spine, you're obviously going to be in a wheelchair, you know, and, and be, you know, supported probably for the rest of your life. I feel the same way about your spines. <laughs> if you oh. crack your spines, then, then you're going to be all over the shop. <laughs> you're going to be needing some help from every which way uh, it, can, it can possibly come. So spines, you're social. You got to be social. And I think, you know, uh, being able to establish relationships with people, you know, sure. is a key to life, you know. So the social being physical is about being healthy and, you know, healthy mind, healthy body, you know, getting your rest. And I just talk about staying up all the time, but, yeah, yeah. but getting your rest, eating properly, making sure you don't dissipate too much, you know. Uh, um, but But being physically prepared to meet any challenges, you know, that you might come up against. Uh, intellectual, uh, being able to talk to anybody at any time, at all levels, uh, you, know, you, you know, it's all about the communication. And then it's the emotion side. You know, I always tried to maintain my emotions. Uh, never try to get too high and definitely don't get too low. Mm-hmm. You know, that's life, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. and. And I've experienced that very young when I lost my dad, you know, him being murdered. And uh, I seen him when I was seven years old, you know, lying on the ground with a sheet covered over him. And and I have a younger sister that was albino, and we're only 10 months apart. And, and she didn't understand it at all. And, and then I had my mom, who was just blown away, and she was nine months pregnant with my younger sister. So, so I grew up 
you know, having to keep my emotions intact to look after my mom, you know, really early. And the last most important thing I feel in my spines, and this is what keeps me together, you know, I, I don't I don't frequent church every Sunday, but I do have a Bible and it stays open mm-hmm. and it's the spiritual side. So that's my spine, social, physical, intellectual, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And, uh, yeah. and my spine's intact, so <laughs> I'm good to go. I think sort of a, an interesting point is that uh, maybe in the workplace people perhaps focus on the intellectual side of skills and neglecting perhaps the, the physical side of things. Uh, what advantages do you think there are for maybe people working in uh, the government or a government job uh, to make sure they're developing all their skills, like holistically, not just the intellectual side? I think, you know, when, when you're working in corporates, uh, a lot of them, corporate workers, don't think about teamwork. Sure. You know, they more focus on their role within uh, the job and then just they close it off. I'm doing that. Yep. I've done what I need to do. Now sure. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's just very individual. Yeah, where... I got a, another firm philosophy of teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think uh, another acronym in mine is that when you got everyone working t- together and team, then then you on the right track to sharing all the skill sets amongst each other. So you pick up things. You know, I pick up things from you, Callum. I'll pick up some from Suhab. Uh, I'll be learning as I go because we share so much yeah. that we become. One, you know, then everyone's feeling equal, like you're feeling a part of of your group, you yeah. know. And I think a key to all that is your attitude. Sure. You know, so if you got people that are selfish and just want to do what they need to do and then that's it, well, yeah. the, the team is going to struggle a little bit, you know, because uh, the team is like an iceberg, you know. If, if everybody's solid, then the iceberg floats yeah. high, you know, but... If you got someone that's eroding and don't want to be a part of it, well, that just chips away at the iceberg. And whoever's the, the leaders at the top, they're going to be coming down. They're going to be submerging, and no one wins out of that one. So so I try to encourage the least important people on the team that they're the most important. Okay. Yeah, because it works from the bottom up. Yeah, sure. You know, so I, I always recognize the lesser lights. and. Yep. And whenever I had the opportunity to give them playing time and reward yep. them for, for being at practice and putting in the hard work, just like everyone else, but they're not the stars because the stars are there shining. But you're not going to be a star if this person down here is not doing what they need to do sure. to to help make you look good. So, yeah. so you, in a corporate environment, same. You need to understand sure. how the little people around the place make make the difference in the organization being successful. Once you got the M where everyone's skills are meshing, you got your team. You, you got a team that's ready to go to work. And it's yep. all about we. It's about the organization. It's about your role you're playing. You got you to gotta be happy with it. You can diversify in it. And that's where you talk to your leaders like, hey, I'm, I've covered that. I'm doing well. Like, how can I, you know, help more? And well, what can I do to grow in this position? And, and people were in the right Places are always going to reach out and help you, or or it's always going to be someone recognizing your skill set. You know, whether they see it or not, someone else is. I always have to believe someone else is watching, and and you'll get picked up. You just got to keep positive and stay on your job. And then um, 
a kindred spirit, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of have a laugh. Being from New York City, I you know I walk around and I'm smiling, I'm laughing. Everyone like, whoa, man, this guy, why is he so happy? I said, hang five, stay alive, cut the job, <laughs> right? So when you're happy, when you can go, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And people wonder, man, man, how come he's not sad? Like, Jay, he just had this happen to him. Like this. Well, you know what? Maybe I am, but I'm not letting you know about it. And that's, and that's the way I deal with it, you know? And, sure. and when you see me like that, I, I disarm you because you said, gee, he's, he's pretty cool. Like he's, If that happened to him and he's smiling, well, shoot, I can go through some stuff too and I can get through it, you know? So, so my, um, my belief is that uh, always look to the positive. You know, it's sometimes there's so much negativity in this world, and particularly now, like what we've been through with the pandemic and now the war and overseas and, and looking at all the hardships, the floods and fires and you name it, it's, it's happening. So what do you do? You just you, do you drop your bundle and just say, man, this is just too hard? Or do you just go out and take the focus off yourself and go help somebody else? And I think that's where we fall down a little bit by not looking at the next person because someone's always got it worse off than you, you know? So I always feel that if you're helping someone else up, that helps you up too. Cal, before we finish, do you have any, uh, just one final piece of advice for graduates who will be listening into the podcast? Um, yeah, just, I don't know, one thing that you want them to take away from today? That's one a tough thing one, I yeah. want them to take away, I would suggest that always aim for the moon. Sure. Yeah, you know, don't don't re- restrict yourself to any minimum targets, you know. Aim for the moon and you may land on a star, <laughs> you know, cuz for me personally, um I wanted to play in the NBA and I really gave it a shot twice. And I didn't make it and I thought maybe that was it. And I kept my focus on that. And they slammed the door once, slammed it twice. And I thought, oh, man, man I got to look at it. now I'm going to do something else. But I kept playing in a little six-foot-and-under league. And, and the next thing you know, I get the call to come to Australia. And now that changed my whole life. I was able to go back, collect my family, bring them back. And now 43 years later, you know, we're all here and we're all doing things. So aim for the moon. <laughs> you know, moon, fantastic. And, and then you, 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 if you don't get to the moon, you may land on a star, and and that's good enough. <laughs> Cal, I've learned so much. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, and all the best. Thank you very much, Cal. And you're a great interviewer, so you keep going too. Keep aiming for the moon, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Right, okay. You're listening to Gradcast. Full grads, by grads. I really enjoyed that chance to sit down with Cal Bruton and there were so many really interesting things that he had to say and uh, a lot of things that I really learned from that. Krishna, what were your reflections on the interview? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Lots of things to take away from Cal's story and I think from starting off from New York to coming to Australia in itself is such a massive step and I think 
Cal's entire life has just been him stepping out of his comfort zone constantly and never never really taking no for an answer. And I just loved how optimistic he was and, you know, how he his biggest, uh, I guess, motto in life is aim for the moon and, you know, even if you fail, you land on the stars. And I think that's something that we can all learn from him um, because, you know, failures are inevitable, but what matters is that you keep pushing on and I think that's what Cal's done. And um, and look where it's gotten. I mean, he's he has um, also won the Order of Australia medal and I think that's so incredible um, and su- such a commendable thing given his background and all of the hardships he's gone through. So, yeah, really, really inspiring. On this episode, we've been talking all about transferable skills. Uh, but before we go, Krishna, right at the start of the episode, you said that uh, you were starting a new role, but you didn't tell us what that was. What are you doing? Thanks, Callum. And yeah, what an exciting and inspiring episode. I've really enjoyed talking to some of our guests today. And I think we need a bit of a drum roll moment for this one because I'm actually really excited about the new role I'm going into. Um, and I think some of that is to actually blame on the transferable skills that I've picked up in this podcast. But I have decided to become um, one of the media officers at the Department of Parliamentary Services at Parliament House of Australia. So exciting times ahead. That is very exciting indeed. Uh, And something else that we talked about at the start of the episode, which is worth coming back to, we were talking about the elections being called and entering caretaker period. Our next episode coming up is actually going to be all about that topic. Uh, We're going to be thinking about the impact of elections on APS graduates. So make sure our listeners that you're tuning in for that episode is going to be really helpful and informative and quite timely as well, particularly as we're going through the sort of caretaker period at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Callum. And it's interesting how grads are that kind of cohort that people often forget about who are also equally impact during, impacted during an election. So I think the next episode will definitely be a very special one. But in the meantime, to keep up to date with all of our releases and upcoming episodes, follow us on Gradcast Podcast on Facebook, Instagram and all other major podcast platforms. We're also always on the lookout for interesting ideas and things that you want us to talk about and you want to listen to. So please write to us at hello at gradcast.com.au. We can't wait to read and listen to all of your ideas. Until next time, thanks and see you soon. Thanks again for joining us. Gradcast is produced by Content Group and supported by the Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation, CSC. Check us out online and we'll be back soon, wherever you get your podcasts.